Welcome back to the final movie of this four set of female-led assassin or badassery. We're going to do a timepiece known as Atomic Blonde. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> it's November 1989, and MI6 spy Lorraine Broughton is sent to Berlin to investigate the death of another agent and the disappearance of a list, revealing every spy working there. Kind of sounds familiar a little bit. (laughs) Uh, She found a powder keg of mistrust, assassinations, and bad defections that ended with the murder of MI6's top officer. As the Berlin Wall was torn down, now Lorraine has returned from the Cold War's coldest city to tell her story, and nothing is what it seems. That's actually the plot to the graphic novel. Novel. Be a long day, ma'am. <laughs> graphic novel, The Coldest City. Okay. Yeah. So this is based off a comic. And I did my due diligence to get all the way through it before this recording. I can say this the artwork is black and white, pretty minimalist. Nothing against that. It looks great. And there are just direct quotes that I found from movie and comic. (laughs) Which, I mean, it's fine. We're dealing with a a comic graphic novel, so I mean, there should be some overlap, I guess. But that's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Very James Bondish, man. Was he live and kicking? It's MI6, man. Probably. Should have been. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Atomic Blonde from 2017. Rated R. Clocks in at an hour 55. It's an action thriller. The budget and the overall makeup of this movie. So you got a budget of 30 million. Your worldwide gross, 100 mil. I mean... Not bad. Yeah, US gross was only 51 so, the world really helped that thing push it over the edge. <laughs> Did you see this movie before? <clears throat> you know, the, this was the another movie, you know, that, like, Haywire, where I was thinking that I've seen it before. But I I really don't know. I don't know if I have. All I right. kind of feel like I haven't, but okay. I could be wrong. Well... Before we get trashing on this, if we decide to, because I think some hearts might break. Uh, directed by David Leach. Do you know anything about this guy? No, but the name sounds familiar. Ooh, well, here goes, bro. Uncredited John Wick. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Atomic Blonde. Deadpool 2. He directed the Celine Dion music video for Ashes for Deadpool 2. <laughs> baller song. Yes. Uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Ah, yes, our Hobbs and Shaw special. Yeah, he's filming Bullet Train, and in pre-production is Undying Love and The Division. Is The Division a video game? Yes. Is it? Yes. Is that... Uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, actually talking about the game, but... The Division, yes, is a game. All right, well, that's a different topic for so. a different day. I'm not going <laughs> to worry about that. Oh, well, you know, to go along with this guy, I mean, he has got a bucket list of stuff. He He's a stunt guy. Um, it says he's a billion-dollar film director, actor, stuntman, writer, producer, and stunt coordinator. Uh, wow. He co-directed John Wick, uh, served as producer with that, too. Uh, did Atomic Blonde. So, I mean, his stunt work, I mean, we're talking, like... Ninja Turtles, like the newer stuff, mm-hmm. uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. He's got a pretty impressive, I mean, career of stuff. But directing is pretty new to him. And you can kind of see in this that there's some John Wick DNA in this again. <laughs> like, Yeah. I know we keep going back to that well, but I mean, when it's the same well. It's a nice comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Our writer is Kurt Johnstad, and writer, uh, 300, this mm-hmm. is his first, 
Active Valor, 300 Rise of the Empire, Rise of an Empire, and then Atomic Blonde. He's also been a producer on some of those. Um, kind of done a little extra work on some movies. Atomic Blonde, starring Charlize Theron, James McAvoy, James Magneto McAvoy. <laughs> two for two for the Magnetos. Yes. Uh, let's see here. John Goodman, Toby Jones, James Faulkner. And then the list goes on to people that you were probably only recognize from this movie. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First things first, man. Music. This one definitely starts out different than the others. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the music was a little bit more better placed, but still kind of just... So there, there were some times where it felt kind of out of place. Well, it's all 80 songs. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, does the soundtrack serve the movie? Because if you know, remember the other three, my complaint with Haywire was it was too jazzy heist, and the mm-hmm. other two were very... They were just instrumental. Like, they were for the movie. This opens up with... Crap, what did it open up with? It opens up with a classic song from the 80s that I can't remember. Yeah, it's been a spell since I've seen it. Now, I mean, it 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 fix it or not fix it works. Yeah, I it, suppose. Yeah, I mean the the intro the start of this movie is all right. We just gotta talk about it. This dude gets hit with his car and somehow his legs end up above his head. I don't know if the physics check out on that. <laughs> I kind of kind of took me out of it right away. Um. So with this basically having a new name, but the comic being called The Coldest City, one of the things I notice right away is the color palette of this movie. It's blue, for the most part. Okay. Is that in... Obviously, it's intentional. Mm-hmm. Is it needed? Because mm-hmm. I get like we're supposed to be in Germany in the 80s, Cold War, Berlin Wall, despair... But yeah, I mean, damn, this really, movie but yeah. is just blue. <laughs> if I went blue, buy money, 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 blue filter activated. Oh, that should have been the ending song of this movie. <laughs> no doubt. Um, ice baths. Mm. You know they're not real ice ice baths in this movie. I hope. Mm-hmm. But you know, sure thing. So we start out with this guy gets hit by a car. And then gets a bullet to the head, and his watch is stolen. We don't know who any of these people are. And then we get a transition to a naked Charlize Theron in an ice bath, and she is bruised. Dude, this movie takes nudity right off the bat. (laughs) Like, it's just going for it. Okie dokie. And then, this was our thing with Haywire. We're in London ten days later. The movie we're about to watch is being told by the character to other people of events that have already taken place. And right when I saw that, I was like, cool, this is going to be another trash movie because of how it's being told. All right, you're going you're gonna to call it a trash movie right off the bat. Is that what you're sticking with? <clears throat> kind of, yeah, because okay. you lose... To me, I lost interest like right off the bat. So I'm like, okay, well, there's, there's going to be no stakes. There's going to be... Nothing that's going to be, you know, crazy where, oh, like, you know, this character is going to, you know, die, which, I mean, I know that's most of the time the case where they're not going to die because they're the main character. But besides the point, it drives it home even further because you know that nothing like really bad or or dramatic is going to happen. Okay. Because of, oh, well, this is what happened earlier. And it's like, well, obviously your main character is fine. So, yeah, it just kind of... I, I lost a lot of interest right off the bat. <laughs> well, I mean, that's... It's fair. And it this is going to be a tough one to talk about because this movie bounces back and forth mm-hmm. way too many times because she's telling this story and then it shows us the story, but then it cuts back to this interview room because she's getting asked a question or she has to define something and it's just offsetting i don't mm-hmm. kind of confuse me sometimes i don't know I, I don't know if i can say i don't like the 
this way to tell a story. But I think with like a spy movie that screws with it too much for me. I don't know why. Like because James Bonds are like usually like start to finish. We're all in the current events together. Mm-hmm. I'm say it, John Wick. We're in the events <laughs> current, yeah. Yeah. and it flows better. Like I don't, I don't know if I need this. Ten days later, oh, now we're two weeks ago, and then we're back to current, and it's yeah days after two weeks ago, hopping around. Yeah, I just I don't I don't know if I need that. So that's kind of your main gripe is just the 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 back and forth of the plot. Yeah, it just it doesn't really serve a a great purpose, I suppose. And and it's almost kind of the same thing as Haywire, like you can kind of just restructure, like re like move things around of how they're actually told and just tell the story from start to finish and not being like, "Oh, well this actually this is what already happened" because the viewer's not going to know. Okay. Like they're just going to yeah. I just I think it's a a cheap way to uh, tell a story. All right, it's not fair. Let's go through some of these characters because you and I had a discussion before before we started this of what we think happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Charlize Theron plays Lorraine Broughton. She's the top level MI six agent sent to to Berlin. Is there anything you want to talk about her right now? Hmm. She's, she's just our main character. Mm-hmm. She gets to Berlin. She gets this assignment to find Satchel. Come to find out the dude that was murdered at the start and had his watch stolen, they were lovers. Question? True? Because she seems like there's feelings there, and there's a picture in the bathroom of those two together. So I, are we led to believe like there is some romantic in- yeah. entanglement? Yeah. Okay. Assume it. It's neither here nor there because it really doesn't play a part into anything that happens. No. Like she's not out for vengeance. I was actually really. gonna say, was it really matter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It it has no bearing on a what sort. So she gets to Berlin and she gets picked up. She's supposed to be meeting the local agent, and she gets picked up by two Russian guys and is able to figure them out. Proceeds to beat them up. This is where we get some high heel action, right? Mm-hmm. Some high heel fight. Um, so that happens. And then she... Dude, I'm sorry. You can't just grab a seatbelt and then have this car flip over on its side. <laughs> I freaking... I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, because that's totally going to help you. Yeah. I was like, all right. Uh, so she is invincible. We've... We've established that. Great. James Magneto McAvoy is David Percival. He is the... No, hold on. What? I think we're goofing up on James McAvoy because I'm pretty sure he's Professor X, not Magneto. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's Fazbender Magneto. Oh, man. James Professor X McAvoy. mm -hmm. Okay, we got two X-Men. We got the the two heavies X-Men that are always against each other. Shoot. I can't believe I screwed that up. Uh, Hey, you know what? The X-Men timeline, it's forgiving. Yeah, true. (laughs) Just rewrite it. Okay, he's the uh, guy at the Berlin station, and he's assigned to assist Broughton and figure out what's going on. John Goodman, he plays Kurtzfield. He's a senior CIA agent, and he's the one who is part of the interview. Um, Till is the watchmaker. Watchmaker. Uh, so we got Spyglass. He is the Stasi defector who has the list. Mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, Delphine Lasalle, who's a French undercover agent. Uh, Bremovich is the Russian operative. So I'm saying, and this gets really murky real quick. You got a character mm-hmm. named C. Okay, so all these people are trying to find this list. I think we need to decide how this movie ends so that we can figure out if the meat of this makes sense. So the whole mission is to find this watch because it has all of the information of all of the current operatives 
in Berlin. This is very Mission Impossible, right? Yeah. Okay. So, her and Professor X are trying to find this guy. He is hiding from her that he actually knows who it is. And he confessed to him that he memorized the list. Okay? Mm-hmm. Does it end of this movie make sense? <sighs> so this movie ends... Not really. With her telling the story because Satchel is selling secrets, right? Yeah, and isn't Sa- Satchel's McAvoy, right? <laughs> is that what you think? The events of the movie and everything that happens, is that what you think? Well, that's... (laughs) Or is she Satchel? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I was under the impression that McAvoy was Satchel, and then the guy that had the list memorized is Spyglass, right? Yeah, Spyglass is the guy that memorized it. Yeah. I don't understand this watchmaker guy either. Like It seems like he's a defector, too. Because the guy that ended up stealing the watch goes back to him and says, I've got a watch to sell, you know, put the word out. So this guy, like, made the watch, but he's also part of, like, he's just kind of like a character that really doesn't matter. This movie's got a lot of walking, a lot Mm -hmm. of talking, a lot of uh, changes to where we're at. And it is just, it's in some ways difficult to follow yes so you are going with the theory that mcavoy is satchel he's the one selling secrets Mm -hmm. okay so here's the thing if he's the one selling secrets and satchel or a spyglass shows up and says i've memorized the list well aren't you just killing this guy to keep your secret because McAvoy's whole goal is he wants to get Satchel across the wall and we come to find out with his family. And this whole time, the KGB is after them. She's had multiple run-ins. Like, there's fights. Uh, you know, there's some good fights. Can yeah. Talk about some of those good real quick. Scenes. Well, let's give it some more props before we get dig into this, like, <laughs> mess of a whatever. Uh, the fight at the theater. What do you think about that? I thought it was pretty good. I actually I thought most of the action sequences in this film were pretty decent and well done. Well, I didn't. I don't know if I want to talk about the theater one. Let's backtrack a little bit. She goes to the dead agent's apartment. Okay. Mm, okay. Dude, this whooping ass with the garden hose. Yeah, that was pretty good. Agreed. I like that. Um, she just kicks ass and and runs away. Uh, the theater scene was pretty good. This is when we kind of get like a big bad, and she has. Is it a key? She's got something she jams in this yeah, dude's cheek. I don't, and it is yeah, brutal. It is. <laughs> it is brutal. I I honestly can't get into the like the nitty gritty small stuff of like getting the fake IDs to get across and the doubles and the blah 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 blah. Like my notes are super hard to follow. <laughs> okay, so back to who is who who's who's the double? If James McAvoy is the double doesn't he just need to kill everybody who might know anything? Because the biggest threat is if the KGB get it, they know who everybody is. Right. Okay? They don't really care who Satchel is. The only person who cares who Satchel is, is Satchel. So if McAvoy gets the list and reads it, he knows who the person is. If she gets it, she knows who it is. And if it gets back to MI6, they know who it is. Correct? Yes. Okay. So you want to stick with James McAvoy? Well, yeah, because if... Because I feel like it... that I mean, even if it was anyone else, it would still be the same thing. Like, she would have to kill him if she was Satchel. At any point, did you think the French girl was Satchel? She couldn't be because she's a different... Yeah, like, I kind of thought she might have been something or someone, but, yeah, I don't... No, not Satchel, though. She spies on 
both of them, kind of. Mm-hmm. But she's the one who finds out that uh, McAvoy eventually gets the watch. And then he kills her. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still not sure why he does that. Yeah, I don't know why either. Again, this movie like wants to do that mislead of... You think you know what you saw, but you really didn't. Do I want me to tell you what the Wikipedia says? Yes. This is going to help us figure out if this movie makes sense from start to finish. All right. In the briefing, she's... Uh, Lorraine finds out that Percival had told Gray that he had the list and that he was very close to Satchel. She presents LaSalle's photos and the doctored auto recordings, which paint Percival as Satchel. She denies knowing the list's whereabouts, leaving MI6 no choice but to close the case. Three days later in Paris, Lorraine is speaking Russian and meets Bremovich, who addresses her as Comrade Satchel. Remember this? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Bremovich, having learned from Percival that there is more to Satchel than he had previously known, orders his men to kill her. She ends up boom, 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 killing everybody else. And tells him before she kills Bremovich that she fed him bad information to manipulate the KGB. She kills him. And then her and the Kurtzfield, the CIA guy by John Goodman, return to the United States with the list. Their friendly conversation implies that she was a triple agent and had been working for them all along. <laughs> triple agent. Well, it's a double. Oh it's a double God. double. Can you, do, can you be a quadruple agent? Can you just be employed by four people? Okay, this is what I'm saying. Holy moly. <sighs> a triple agent. Okay, oh, remember geez. what you have seen through this whole movie. This is how I'm understanding it. She works for MI6. Okay, wait, wait let's, break, let's back that up. I'm already wrong. <laughs> Did your head hurt yet? Mm-hmm, she she works. works for the CIA. Mm-hmm. But she's working for MI6. And the KGB. As an MI6 agent, she's essentially a defective to the KGB. Mm-hmm. So with her help, the United States is able to tear down the Iron Curtain, which is said a couple times to bring down, and also the Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her and Bremovich are allies. Yes. Okay? So they are both after the list. The reason she can't let the list out is because it shows that she's a double. Right. Working against MI6, correct? It's something along those lines. The list, the list would expose her somehow. Okay, so why is it the second that um, Professor X knows she's a double, he's not telling people or going to, or is like straight off to kill her? It's a good question. And go back to when she first gets into Berlin. She has Russians who know exactly who she is and attacks her and she gets away. Is this, again, this goes back to, well, what you saw isn't really what you saw. Is this to throw off the scent? Yeah. That she is Satchel if she gets Bremovich to mm-hmm. have goons come after her? Because now Percival's like, well, that's weird. Like, who is it? And then as an audience, we think he does so many shady things. Like, you think he is right. Satchel. But yep. also think, like, Spyglass read the list, but he trusts her to game over the border. Yeah, which is weird. And then there's an assassination attempt that doesn't go well because she has her own plan. Everybody flips up umbrellas during a mm-hmm. protest because that's how they're getting to get him across. But then Percival shoots him. Was that accidental, or was he actually trying to get her? And then really think, dude, because every bad guy she fights is KGB, who allegedly she's working for. Mm-hmm. You're telling me her and Bermovich cooked up this whole scheme? If she keeps getting attacked, she can't possibly be Satchel? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just let all these guys go down. Possibly. Because it's not like they're pulling their punches. Like, it's yeah. it's that gamble of, well, if she dies, she dies, but hopefully she doesn't. Otherwise, this movie can't happen. Uh, yeah, it seems real fishy. Am I wrong? No, definitely not. 
But, I mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do. I'm kind of curious to see how this graphic novel goes because mm-hmm. I feel like this movie has too many has way too many twists and turns. Because, like I said, once you get to the end of it, you're like, but she couldn't have been fighting all KGB guys because they were actually, like, legit trying to kill her. Right. So that doesn't make sense. No. Does it? it? It really doesn't. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that doesn't make sense. I mean, clearly, obviously, I was thinking McAvoy was Satchel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he they do a good job. That's what I'm saying. Like, it it's a heist movie because you're you're supposed to see what the you know the filmmakers want you to see, but then for the last five minutes, like, yeah, but that was all a misdirect. This is what was really going on. Well, you didn't show me that, so how was I? Yeah, how am I supposed to know? Hmm. All right. I don't know, man. This is just really tough because then you got like Goodman's characters in Berlin reminding her to do, do her job and gives her a paper with a number to dial. Is that supposed to help us realize like they're in cahoots? Because we don't know that they know each other prior to the interview or the debrief. Yeah, probably would. That's probably the point and or purpose. Because yeah, I was gonna say you didn't know about them. Well, yeah, because now looking back, thinking about it, like even in the interview, like they introduce each other, and you know she has disdain for CIA and gives him shit about it. You know, and then at the end of the movie on the airplane, they laugh about it hmm. of how well she she sold it. Yep. And you're like, oh, but he did show up at the start of the mission, kind of. But okay. I, I just don't... And then you get this side character of the French girl, which... That was I, kind of annoying. They say... and they, I read something in here. Like, the reason that that was a a change in... From this uh, comic book. And it wasn't to make it... Like, any more sensual or sexy. Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen? There's sex. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for, like, the shock value of it. It was just to... Sh- Try to set it apart from other spy movies. Mm. And I... I mean, I wouldn't say I was shocked by means, but I was just like, all right, let's move on with it. <laughs> yeah, this movie is convoluted really quick of, like, what we know and who knows it and when. And, like I said, like, Spyglass ends up dying, not from the bullet wound. Like, he's actually around while she's kicking ass in this apartment building. How do we feel about this getaway apartment building brawl? Is that the one where she ended up um, kind of the same thing? Wasn't she like using like a tool to like stab that guy? That guy does show up at the end, but like they're kind of doing like a level by level beat yeah, down of like yeah, guys yeah, yeah. showing up. Yeah, I yeah I thought that was kind of good too. I didn't. I I did get into it. Like the camera work is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like you are in a continuous fight scene because there's always guys yes. coming. By the time like key face comes towards the end like she is visibly exhausted Mm -hmm. and you know she's the good guy i guess and and we kind of saw some some blood and and damage too yeah blood and damage we i mean she's got swollen eyes she's Mm -hmm. she's bruised and bloody which is pretty good um kind of going off that percival has always got this cast on his arm come to find out it's fake he's always got a recording device in his wrist. Um, I think one of the things that makes it difficult to understand, because if you're really not paying attention to this movie, she, the story she tells for the debrief, and it is sometimes different than what we see on screen. And one of those is when it's starting to wrap up, she's splicing together audio from Percival during conversations with him bad-mouthing C and making it sound like he is Satchel. So she is straight up setting him up right. as as the bad guy. And this is the second time seeing it. I, I did see it in theaters. I remember walking out going, okay, well, that was a movie. <laughs> I guess she was the winner. But now looking back, you're like, okay, well, if she did that, a lot of this orchestrated stuff... 
that is impressive to be able to orchestrate that. True. Because you've got she's got people following her that whole time they're KGB. Mm-hmm. People trying to kill her at every chance they get. People finding out who she is only for the end of it to be, oh, I was working for the CIA the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Big old that's like agent. That's like playing a game of tag, but then you go play hide and seek, and then people find you, like, well, I was playing hide and seek. <laughs> yeah, but we were playing tag. Yeah, but I was playing hide and seek. Seriously? It's like <laughs> you're playing three-dimensional chess. Like, no, you can't. You can't just have guys always out trying to kill her. Triple agent. <laughs> it's a blow your mind, bro. Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. This movie wraps up quickly too, man. Like once it kind of gets down to like we think we know what we know. Spyglass is dead. She knows where the watch is. She kills Percival because Percival killed again. Why does he kill Lasall? Why does he kill that girl? I don't know. I don't get that part of the movie. I don't either. It doesn't make sense. I d- I don't. There really was no point to it. So she L- Lorraine finds out there's a bug on her jacket. Is this part of the? Is this the truth when she's telling this back? Because again, everything we see on screen. Maybe she killed her because she bugged her. Is that where you're going with it? Well, and not McAvoy actually killing her. Well, that brings up a different question. How many? How much of the events in Berlin actually took place? Right. Did all of those people actually go after her? Mm. Because yeah, she she does have a black eye and is bruised up for the debrief. Mm-hmm. So at some point something happened, but what? Because also you could go back and and say, well, if this is a story being told, none of it happened. If she's just lying about everything to cover her own ass, then none of these KGB agents actually went over to get her. Right? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, which I feel like that's not how the movie should be, but I mean, I feel like it's a possibility. Yeah. Just due to that sole fact. So this is after their car gets rammed in the river, her and Spyglass, and Spyglass drowns. Uh, Lorraine makes it to the West Berlin and realizes Percival has planted a bug in her coat. This is what I was saying. Like, I don't know if this is true. This is what's seen on screen, but did it really happen? She tells LaSalle, who calls Percival, and threatens him with her knowledge of his Abramovich meaning. Percival goes to LaSalle's apartment and kills her just because she caught him going to this meeting. So he goes and kills her, fleeing, and he and he gets away just before she, Lorraine shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorraine discovers the photographs taken by LaSalle and realizes Percival has read the list. Percival burns his safe house and attempts to flee, but Lorraine arrives, kills him, avenging LaSalle, and takes the list. I would argue none of this might not have happened. If she is trying to plant or make it look like Percival's the bad guy, it could easily be her killing LaSalle. Yes. And this, to me, almost gets into like a Fight Club-esque territory of mm-hmm. like what, what you saw happened. on screen <sighs> everything that Percival is doing is actually everything she is doing I get they're separate people but she's combining the stories enough mm-hmm. call up the director we need to ask him <laughs> who did it what's the story here I mean it, oh goodness I, you go back and watch this, and I think if you were to go back with the idea of, like, everything she says in this meeting is a lie because she's trying to make herself look better and throw off the scent, you, you, all the events are then in question of what happens. Mm-hmm. But if, if that's the case, why, though? Why would she lie about all that? Because wasn't she? Wasn't her main purpose just to get the list, anyways? So even if she is like twisting the story, like what does it actually even really matter? Because if she's truly working for the CIA, her being a triple agent for those other two places doesn't even matter. And what does it matter to the CIA if they have? if they get the list of all the operatives, like 
I am under the impression their plan was to just feed misinformation to the KGB and tear down the wall. Hmm. So what does it matter if the CIA actually gets this list? Is it only because they don't want her being found out? Probably. But then she essentially, like, leaves MI6, you know. Yeah. And no one, you're telling me no one's looking for her? I don't know. This movie got wonky really fast. <laughs> I I just think... I don't know, man. I don't want to say like it's not a smart movie. But I think now that we're talking about it, I don't think you can trust the narrator. She's an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. And so, like I say, you can go back and say... Like, how does she know uh, that KGB guy had the watch? Because essentially her story starts when she arrives in Berlin. So she doesn't know the person who has the watch. Right. So her story can't tell the story of him going to the watchmaker and putting the... The idea... Or the... You know, I'm, I'm willing to sell. Like, she she doesn't know what he looks like. Only we do as mm, a viewer. Right. And only we know that Percival kills him to get it. Yeah, dude, I just don't think this movie works out for me at all. <laughs> like, it's it's a decent action flick. Like, yeah, there's yeah. some good fight scenes, but, man, I... There's... I was, I was going to say, I feel like that's kind of the same boat. You know, as Haywire's had some good flowing action scenes but the story was you know not bad but could have been better and ironed out more yeah because make a little bit more sense well going back to fight club there is some weird scene of their like film burning because she's describing something and then all of a sudden it goes to a film film reel on fire like the the movie's on fire like you're watching it in the theater Mm. and i was like well what are we doing here is she looking at the camera and telling me she's doing something? Because <laughs> that, that doesn't make sense to me either, man. Right. I just... It doesn't make sense in the least bit of what's going on here. Because, yeah, nothing is... I'm trying to find that note of the Fight Club thing, and I can't find it. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Um... Oh, anything else you want to talk about on this thing? I'm trying to look up a couple things. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of feel like we covered most of it. It's just the, that fact of who is who and who did what. Because, yeah, I mean, like I said, obviously I was confused. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had that planted in my head, that whole, if, you know, like, like we discussed earlier was as soon as like, I saw McAvoy's character, I was like, oh, he's definitely got to be a bad guy. But Wait, why would you think that? I don't know. Just the way he looked and his character and, you know, it, it just kind of seemed like he would be a bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> Professor X is never a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's one thing I've always wondered if, like, why Professor X doesn't just, like, use his mind to make himself, like, walk. Because that's physical. What? Make his yeah, and he just makes his legs walk. I don't know. That was something I read a while ago. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you just want to get into some uh, hearsay and conjecture. Sure. Uh, possible sequel of July 2019. It was announced that the project was in development for a streaming service. Uh, of April 2020 it was announced that the film was in development as a Netflix exclusive Mm. Um, potential crossover with John Wick Uh, the director discussed potential of a crossover film featuring your Tomic Blonde and the John Wick franchise (laughs) I don't know how you would do that all the individuals involved have discussed the possibility and they would do it once it's a good enough story to work out how do you have her in 1989, yeah, go to a 2021. You have to fast forward John Wick real fast. You can't because they're roughly the same age in real life. Yeah. So by all accounts, man, like she is significantly older than John Wick. You can't. Uh, the That's most big the yikes. most ambitious crossover ever to hit the screen. 
No, the most ambitious crossover would be John Wick and Matrix. Oh my god. Could you imagine? <laughs> Minds would explode. <laughs> oh my gosh. Neo is just John Wick. <laughs> what do we talk? Oh my gosh. How are we getting John? John Wick is a slippery mm. slope to get you into Matrix territory and everything yes. else. Keanu Reeves, huh? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, it does say, like, they trained kind of together for John Wick Chapter 2. Like, whoever they had the trainer. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why they're like, ooh, crossover. Yeah. You almost, so who goes back in time? Or who goes forward in time? Do you have to have John Wick go back in time? Or she get thrust forward? I mean, I would watch a John Wick in the 90s. Can you imagine the suit he would wear? Yeah, it would be pretty bombing. Pretty dope. It's so baggy. How am I supposed to fight in this thing? Getting caught on everything. We know too much. <laughs> that freaking Bill and Ted show up, man. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Can we somehow get like every Keanu Reeves character to show up in like a nineties? That would be hilarious. Do it, man. If you're already out of ideas, Hollywood, just freaking start merging everything together. Yep. It just. You Just might as well do make it. the ultimate crossovers. <laughs> the tagline for this movie is uh, "Talents are overrated." Mm. I guess. Okay. I don't do. Uh, let's. I'll read the real storyline. Let's do that and see if it oh, the follows the real storyline. Yeah. Well, this is from the back of the DVD. Okay. Oscar winner Charlize Theron stars as elite MI6's most lethal assassin and the crown jewel of Her Majesty's Secret Intelligence Service. Ooh. Oh, Lorraine Broughton. When she's sent on a covert mission into Cold War Berlin, she must use all of the, the spycraft, sensuality, and savagery. She has to stay alive in the ticking time bomb of a city simmering with revolution and double-crossing hives of traitors. Broughton must navigate her way through a deadly game of spies to recover a priceless dossier while fighting furious killers along the way at the breakneck action thriller from director David Leach, Don Wick. I don't know, I guess the it follows the plot, I guess. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, again, she's a triple agent, so everything you see isn't what you saw. Mm-hmm. It's all a lie. Uh, Vanity Fair said that uh, witnessed the birth of a new and original hero. Uh, it's sexy kick it's sexy ass kicking fun said Sarah Stewart yay for the New York Post you know what never mind I'm not going to say it I'm just going to say the fact that the quotes for this DVD cover are from females (laughs) that's all I'm going to say that's all I'm going to say that's a slippery slope too that I don't want to get slip sloping on yep seriously Charlize Theron, I like her. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, good. Uh, other stuff I've enjoyed her in. But again, like for some reason, like I don't seek out her stuff. You know, when, when this was in the theaters, I was like, oh, you know, fine, I'm going to go see it. Kind of like a family thing. Like, we're going to go see Atomic Blonde. Like, oh, okay, fine, we'll go, we'll go see Atomic Blonde. I'm fine with that, I guess, whatever. But like again, like it's not getting my butt in a seat. I don't, and maybe no. it's because the trailer just really makes it look like a female John Wick, and you're like, "Well, I've seen this." Yeah. And I like that. True. Why am I gonna go taint it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. I don't know. Would you watch a sequel? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I feel like it's I it's mean, 2021 right now. They're 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 approaching the time where it's not gonna matter. No. Because people are like, oh, there's a sec- sequel? Oh, cool. And you put it on a streaming service? I don't know. Are you getting... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might be something I would probably maybe eventually watch. But... I mean, this doesn't have legs no. to be like a James Bond. No. Does it have legs to be a John Wick? Mm. I wouldn't necessarily say like John Wick. I'd say it's more of like a... An MI or not MI six, uh, Mission Impossible type deal, because it just seems like it's one of those movies where like all the odds are completely like stacked against her, and she's just <clears throat> still able to prevail. Hmm. 
Another That's movie. That's how I feel. Did you ever see Salt with Jolie? Yes. Yeah, these kind of marry each other of like, oh, she's a what agent now? Cool. <laughs> she's actually a, not a spy? Oh, she is a spy. Awesome. Maybe we should talk about that movie. No, I didn't want to talk about that movie. Atomic Blonde, the TV show. Hmm? I, again, do you, Look, do you recast? Do you, do you get Charlize to come back for that? Or do you? I mean, you could. All right. Or you could do someone else. I, I guess what it's coming down to is like, it's just like any other movie. If if the if it's or, or even a series, like if it's good, has good action sequences, you know, a good story to tell, sure, you know. But like that's that's what it all comes down to is they got to make sure it's it's a good, flowing story. And good action, like it has the whole package, for I guess me to be inclined to watch it. But you won't know unless you watch it <laughs> <laughs> or read reviews, I guess. But yeah. so, what do you think of our uh, four set of the female-led assassin movies? Um, they gradually got better as we were watching them. <laughs> Did we intentionally feel, like rank them already? I kind of feel like we did because I would definitely say like Atomic or Haywire is you know number one, number two, and then what was it? Ava and Peppermint. Oh, Peppermint. I don't. Know. Peppermint's last, dude. Really? I just I can't handle it. That that killing of those guys off screen that like actually killed her family just it just kind of did it for me. It's just like well. Like, I understand the point of going after the big guys that did all this, but it's like, but these guys were, like, the actual the ones that pulled the trigger. Like... Yeah, that dings it hard. I, I don't know. I, I just... That is what made me lose the most interest out of all four of these movies was that right there. It was like, okay, cool, don't care. Well, it's you like, know... Yeah. You know, Haywire and Atomic Blonde never had her or that main character give a threat and then deliver on that threat. That is true. Part of me is a little disappointed... Especially with Haywire. Because I feel like you could have done that with like Kenneth killing the dad and then her being like, well, I'm going to blah, 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 and then making good on it. And then Atomic Blonde, I don't know where you'd have something like that because she's not supposed to know anybody and mm-hmm. be detached from people. So that was never there. For me, God, I don't know. I, I guess I want to say Atomic Blonde first only because is more in line with the john wick yeah and i mean there again you got the same director or someone who's been part of both projects uh i think last i'm gonna do ava because i just it's the same problem with the other ones some of the events and things don't make sense no of what's going on Peppermint and Haywire, man, I don't know. I guess they're tied for second. Uh, I give Peppermint a little bit more props because she does deliver on a threat. The action is uh, okay, but then you have Haywire where like, the action is a little more, like, the camera's steady. Right. I mean, you can see what's going on. But also, you don't get that payoff where it ends without her. You don't see her killing the big bad. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but that's what we're here for, yo. Yep. And even then, the events of that movie, I think we talked about, like, don't really make sense either of why she is in the position she's in. And then Atomic Blonde, for me at least, suffers from, I can't trust anything I just watched in this movie <laughs> because it's an unreliable narrator. Yes. And you could almost say the th- same thing for Haywire, except we are also shown the exact, like, the story and then the current timeline makes sense enough with the actions going on. But where she in Atomic Blonde is just sitting in an interrogation room mm-hmm. talking, it's hard to see that. And like I said, the only reason you're allowed to believe like events happened at some point is because of the bruises. Yeah. But you could also argue like, well, then she got in a fight. Uh, sometime and or she punched herself. I mean, hell, again, go to the flight club angle. She punched herself in the face to to fit the story. Yep. I mean, again, if I if if nothing I saw happened, I can make up how the events myself. Mm-hmm. Your your movie is not valid because I I don't know what happened. 
I can insert my own thoughts and a chain of events to make it make sense. And that's kind of a detriment to, like, to the movie. Like you gotta, ha- I, I gotta be able to go from A to B and understand why. But Atomic Blonde leaves me like, well, she's a triple agent, so what really happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, no one's supposed to know? Okay, well then... I don't care. Yeah. Did she love the guy that got killed for the watch? Did Probably she, not. Is she the one that killed LaSalle? Probably. Did she really kill Percival? Did she really work for the... It just goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we all here right now? Is she real? She's probably a quad agent, dude. God. She probably wasn't even really working for the CIA. It's probably for someone else. Working for the Martians. There you go. She's in a secret alien. <laughs> that would explain a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the ice baths. Do you imagine she, like, at the end of the film, she like, gets out of the car and she gets beamed up? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what? I I would give that movie props for at least taking like a hard right turn, and then yeah, right and then, at the end, and, like that's just how it ends, and everyone's like, wait. <laughs> and you hear like Paul from the movie Paul say, "So how'd it go?" <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, it's a secret Paul movie. Oh no, oh that'd be hilarious. The Seth Rogen that was Paul, right? I yes. I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Be, yeah, that's how you end Atomic Blonde. Yes. He, she gets beamed up by Paul. <laughs> and, and asks how it went. Then the whole thing makes sense. Yes. Because then nothing happened. Exactly. Alright, well, you know, talents are overrated. This movie, I would say, is over. was never called overrated. No. The budget, the reviews... It was mediocre at best, which again sucks because you've got a good team behind this. That's a decent cast. Yep. It's just, I think you get too muddled with this whole triple agent who did what and who knows when and what time that people just kind of check out. Or you're too close to the heels of John Wick and people are like, yeah, I'm just more excited for John Wick. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me. Yep. And that sucks. It does indeed. All right. Anyways... Uh, go take a nice cold ice bath to rejuvenate your body. Yeah, works like a charm. <laughs>